KL Skin Naturals is an award-winning small batch body care company started by owner-operator Leah Edgar in 2013. KL has a wide variety of body care products all made by hand to ensure you only receive premium quality products. I have personally been a customer of KL Skin Naturals since 2017 and can tell you that their natural deodorant is the only one that I use. And fun fact, Mr. Wild Rose Farmer is also a KL deodorant user too. Available in 23 clean scents in sensitive, classic, and extra strength formula and their new eco-friendly packaging, KL has a deodorant to suit your needs. Try it out for yourself and use promo code WILDROSE10 to save 10% off your order at klskindeodorant.com. Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. Today, you'll meet Colleen Sullivan. Colleen is a cappuccino-loving city girl turned rural woman wannabe. In 2018, her family moved from their urban neighborhood to her husband's hometown to take over the management of his family farming business. She has ditched sipping cappuccinos at urban coffee shops to learning how to birth, vaccinate, and care for lambs. She's proud of her growing ability to catch angry sheep, hand milk a mother ewe for colostrum, shovel manure, and stack hay. She can also track a farmer as well as anyone to his exact location in the middle of a cornfield miles away to provide the farmer a ride, meals, or tractor escorts, all while maintaining her career in corporate America and raising her two sons. You are all going to fall in love with Colleen just like I did. I can almost guarantee it. (laughs) Colleen was so fun to talk to and I can't wait for you to hear her interview. She was so fun to talk to. I couldn't stop talking to her. So I did record an extended episode available to the patrons at tier 10 or higher. So they will be able to listen to that through their favorite podcast platform. If you're interested in joining the patron community and hearing Colleen's extended episode, you can head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more about how you can become a patron through Patreon. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode with Colleen. Colleen Sullivan, How the heck are you? I'm great, Caitlin. How are you? I am doing very well. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Rural Woman Podcast. I appreciate it. I'm excited to get to know more about you, and I'm excited for the listeners to get to know more about Colleen. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. For my listeners who are unfamiliar with you, give us your background. Who are you? Where are you from? And how the heck did you get your start in agriculture? (laughs) Yeah, so I'm Colleen. I'm kind of known as Cappuccino and Cornfield. So I'm a working mom. I work full-time in corporate America. I'm busy raising two very active young boys. I'm married to an incredible guy who, for the most part, had a midlife crisis a couple of years ago. He 
quit his nice uh, management job in corporate America and decided to take over his family's farming business 100%. You know, there was a variety of reasons that he needed to do that. And we we talked about it. I always knew it was a possibility from the get-go. And, you know, we prayed about it. I, I think God really opened doors for us. He closed some doors. And when the time finally came to transition our life, everything really, it was a perfect flow. So we're really grateful for that. But yeah, in 2018, my husband moved us from our beloved urban neighborhood community in northeast Minneapolis. with St. Anthony Village. It's where we had lived for a decade. And he moved us down to his hometown, which is about an hour south of the city. It's well outside, you know, the farthest suburb. And it's a farming community. And I remember when I told my city friends, the first thing they wanted to know was, Colleen? Where is the nearest Target store and Starbucks? And I remember thinking, I don't know. I have to look that up. And so I looked it up, and sure enough, it was a good 30-minute drive to the nearest Target. And I I said right then and there, I am going to consider myself a rural woman. I am just going to jump in. And that's why I really started this Cappuccino and Cornfield blog and, and changed my Instagram handle a little bit just to document the transition and the meeting of these two worlds of mine, this, you know, this kind of cappuccino urban life and then this cornfield kind of more farm life because I don't come from a farming background at all. And so it was kind of a fun way for me to, cheaper than therapy, I guess, too. So, you know, it was a great way for me to kind of transition and and just take the bull by the horns and really dive in. So I know you can't see me right now, but I am smiling like from ear to ear. <laughs> There are so many things that we have in common and so many things that I cannot wait to dive into during our time together today. <laughs> oh, perfect. So, Colleen, how long were you married to your wonderful husband before he had his quote-unquote midlife crisis and decided that this is going to be the life for you? Yeah, I mean, we we had been married for about 10 years and, you know, I spent the first 20 years or so of my adult life living and working in an urban setting, as did he. I grew up in central Wisconsin. So I was not, I did not grow up in a metro or an urban area, but it, it was a large town. You know, my father's an orthodontist. I grew up the oldest of four kids in a, in a beautiful home at the end of the cul-de-sac. And I had a, I had a wonderful upbringing, but there was no farm exposure. I mean, the closest thing I got to a farm was watching Little House on the Prairie after school or maybe hitting up the state far, you know, the state fair to see the farm animals. But other than that, my family and I, we had no exposure at all. So I left home. I went to college in St. Paul and immediately just started to love that urban city life. And I loved everything about it. I loved diversity. I loved the historic parts of the city and the, the modern contemporary parts. I loved the art scene. I loved, I absolutely loved sipping a cappuccino, you know, on a patio at some cool coffee shop with my friends and people be walking by and city buses would be going by. And I just, I loved that. And my husband was living in the city as well. You know, he was working in corporate America. We were both in our early 30s when we met, and we were both at the same place in our life. And it was just a kind of a great story, I guess. And he was a farm boy, and I thought that was kind of cool. And But there really had not been much exposure to his previous farm life, to be really honest, when we first met and when we got married. So... It was, it all came, it came pretty quickly over the course of our 10 year marriage before we moved here. So, 
Absolutely. So what were your initial thoughts and reactions to like uprooting your life and moving back to his family farm? Well, you know, I, like I had said before, there were a lot of doors opened for us to make this move. The timing was really, was really right for a lot of reasons. I did not like the thought of leaving my community. I was settled there. Our two little boys were both, well, the youngest one was just starting school, but we were both involved in a community. We went to church in downtown Minneapolis. Like we loved just the whole kind of urban scene. And I think I was a little bit afraid of not just moving away from my comfort zone, but how that would shift in my career and in the raising of my boys and just the day-to-day life. You know, we were moving far enough away, it's about an hour away, where we really had to change our day-to-day life. Even, I mean, of course, then I move into a farming community and my husband shifts his entire career and that, you know, that's a whole other ball game. But there was just a variety of things I think that I was I was a little worried about. But a funny thing happens when you move into a farming community. It did not take long, but we were welcomed with open arms. You know, this community is just it's beautiful. People that live here have a lot of them have lived here, grew up here. They maybe went away, they left, or maybe went to college or took, you know, some time to move away. But so many people come back. It's just amazing. And it's the town has a very rich Czechoslovakian heritage, which is interesting. So I've learned a lot about kolachkis and polka music. And I mean, it is so different than what I was raised in and what I was exposed to. But it has been an absolute, it's just been wonderful. It's been really fun. That is awesome. So going from your urban lifestyle of sipping cappuccinos on street corners and just taking life in day by day, in your urban setting, and now in this community that is so rich with heritage and legacy and stories. Take us on your personal journey of how you came to accept this new farm life, because I'm speaking from my experience of marrying into farm life from my urban life, though my town that I grew up in, my city that I grew up in is only 20 minutes away from where I'm currently sitting. It feels like it's a whole other like world away some days. So (laughs) for me, it took some time to get adjusted and to figure out where I fit and all of those things. So tell us what it was like for you within the first couple years. Well, you know, I have found that humor has kind of gotten me through. And I think that's one thing where I've been able to share some of my experiences and my stories just through Instagram or in this blog, but I've had to have humor. That's the only way to get through it. I remember the first time before we moved here, Kent, you know, we were just dating at the time and he, my boyfriend at the time, my husband said, you know, let's, I'm going to take you down to the farm. And I said, all right, let's go. And I remember I, I pulled up to his house in Minneapolis. I had a cute little, you know, two-door BMW I was wearing, and you'll get a kick out of this, I was wearing those camel-colored Ugg boots 
you know, <laughs> like with the wool folded down. I had the wool showing. I had a cute little geek jacket on. It was early December. And I probably looked like I should have been going to brunch in Aspen or something. I don't know. I get out of my car and he's standing there and he's wearing a Carhartt jacket and work boots. And this was before Carhartt was hip. Now it's hip. But back then, I was like, all right, he's got the lumberjack look going. This is good. And I just remember him looking at me and kind of, and I thought maybe he thought I looked cute. I don't know. But he just smiled and put me into his car and drove me out of the city. And we kept going and going and going forever. It was only an hour, but it felt like forever. And we had this really crazy experience where, but it was hysterical. And I remember thinking that I could never in a million years do this long term, you know, and here I am now 10 years later doing it. But we got down there and their farm is very much a working farm. It was then, it still is now. The farm is the farmhouse where he grew up. Sadly, his mother died when he was in college and he has one sibling who lives in Arizona. So the original farmer, I like to call my father-in-law, was there. And when we pulled in, the original farmer was thrilled because that now there was an extra set of hands, you know, me in my Ugg boots. And I just remember it had been a glossy, warm fall and the pretty white snow that we in the city was now brown mud. And I get out of the car and the first thing he says is, well, we have to go get the buck or the sheep. And I remember thinking, buck, like a deer? I mean, are we going to, they must have gone deer hunting or what, what are we going to do? And I, you know, I had no clue, but no, this was a buck from another farmer to bring to spend the winter with the sheep for this, you know, to impregnate everybody to have bring lambs. And this buck was too big for a crate or something. And so for whatever reason, he came up with, like many farmers, you just, you take a situation and you just do it. You figure it out, right, on the fly, and you just go with it. And they had this hatchback type farm vehicle. And so the idea was, is we're going to put the seats down in the back. The original farmer is going to be in the back of the vehicle with the buck on like a leash, my husband, my boyfriend at the time is going to drive and I'm just going to sit there, you know, and look pretty. I don't know. And so we get there and this buck is shoved into the back of the vehicle and I'm sitting there and this buck is literally breathing on my shoulder and my boyfriend is driving and his father is in the back and it's just business as usual. They're just going and I turn around and I look at this sheep and i remember thinking I'm literally looking into the eyes of the devil himself because, you know, he had these rectangle pupils and he's sort of snorting and he was all of his little horns. And it was just, the scene was just something that was so abnormal for me. And I had such a mix of emotions, like fear of this guy I'm dating and uh, the situation and then humor. And I remember kind of trying to make light and saying, I named the buck Mr. Hobbs. And I was saying, oh, Mr. Hobbs, you have no idea. You are going to love the next couple of months. You get to hang out with the youth. It's going to be great, you know. And I'll never forget that experience. That was my first farm experience. And I went home that night. And ironically, I was meeting up with girlfriends in downtown Minneapolis for drinks or something. And I'm sitting there and I'm the token 30-year-old single friend. The rest of them had, you know, having their, they're married and maybe having their babies and they all are wanting to know how the new guy is. And I told them the story and I was sure that they were going to say, oh, you better run. You better run. This is not for you. And sure enough, every single one of those girlfriends looked at me and said, that's an awesome story. And he is the one. This is perfect for you, Colleen. And 
sure enough, you know, fast forward and, and here I am. And now getting a box for the use is just, you know, an every year occurrence that we do. And it's just the beginning of, you know, the season. So I find that I have had those types of experiences and I just have to look at them with humor and take them for what they are. And it just kind of makes everything better. <laughs> so, Colleen, that is wild. And I love it so much. <laughs> Like, I can just envision you now in the hatchback with the stinky buck with your eyes, like, wide open. Like, what on <laughs> earth am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, it was a trip, let me tell you. Well, and I like that you say that, like, you have to take it and look at the humor in it. Because I know for me, and I'm sure a lot of other people out there that didn't grow up this way, if you're not taking the humor into account, you're probably crying over it. Because it's just like absolutely something that you can't wrap your mind around if you haven't been in these situations before. Yes, you're so true. And I think happiness is a choice. I think that we are given opportunities and we just choose to be happy. You have to choose to be happy. And I choose to support my husband. I choose to support his entrepreneurial spirit and his career choice. And it's, of course, now in hindsight, I look back and I think this was such a great move for so many reasons. I mean, just raising my two boys in this type of environment, I mean, and COVID also was a turning point because to be sheltered in place where I am now versus where I was two and a half years ago in, a, in more of an urban setting, I feel for me and my family, the benefits, they were just numerous to be in more of a rural community during this pandemic time. So that's been a real blessing. And that was a real eye opener too. Absolutely. And I just think those are perfect words of wisdom that you get to choose your happiness and take these situations for what they are, and whether they're hard or whether they're happy or whatever they're and choosing to find the good in all things makes work a little bit lighter. Yes, I agree. Your product is superior to all the other products I've tried on the market. The best deodorant out there. The only deodorant I've used that doesn't irritate my super sensitive skin and it works. I work a very physically active job and never go home stinky. I love it and recommend it to everyone. These are just a few of the testimonials listed over on klskindeodorant.com talking all about their love for the small batch handmade deodorant from KL Skin Naturals. Available in 23 clean scents in sensitive, classic, and extra strength formulas and new eco-friendly packaging, KL Skin Natural has a deodorant to suit your needs. Try it out for yourself and use promo code WILDROSE10 to save 10% off your order at klskindeodorant.com. So take us through the seasons on your farm. What is happening when and what are your roles on the farm? So we are, and that's interesting too, I can say we. <laughs> I used to say he does this or he grows that. And now I say we. So see, I'm coming, Caitlin. I'm coming a long way. We have, I would say it's very much more of like an industrial farm, right? I mean, there's certainly no apple pie 
cooling on, you know, on the windowsill. But there's corn and soybeans. And then there is the sheep, the beloved sheep, which are more of a hobby part of the operation, I think, at this point. And our season really starts, I mean, now they're doing a lot of the business side of things and getting ready for the planting season, which in Minnesota really begins weather permitting, usually March, April timeframe. And then as you know, I mean, planting season can be fast and wonderful, or it can be a nightmare and go on forever based on the weather. And that's been an interesting kind of deep mental change for me as well. I have learned that we are so not in control and that's just a blanket statement in life, right? And we're not in control. The weather's in control, (laughs) I guess. And so ideally, they are planted and done by, I would say, Father's Day, so mid-June. But a lot of times, it'll continue on even until the end of June. And then it's sort of waiting. They do a lot. All the grain that's stored from the previous year, you know, during the summertime, if it hasn't been dumped or hasn't been delivered yet, it has to be drained from the ginormous grain bins that are all around and brought to, I don't even know what it's called. What's it called? (laughs) Where they dump it with the big semi-truck. See, I'm still learning my lingo. And then summertime, August, September is a little calm and then the harvest picks up. And the harvest is by far my favorite time of year. It's here in Minnesota, the falls are beautiful. And that's something that I have really learned to appreciate about rural living, if you will, is you are so one with nature out here. And the change in color between the dark dirt and the snow melts and everything is slowly brown in the spring and then it slowly becomes green. And then by summertime, the fields are planted, the entire landscape changes, the brightness of the green, and then the slow turn towards the tan and then the brown and the orange that fall brings. It's just absolutely spectacular. So fall's my favorite time of year. Harvest is, my farmer would agree, I think harvest is preferred over the planting season, but they usually try really hard to wrap up by Thanksgiving. So it depends on the help, right? It depends on who's available to help and just the manpower as well as the weather. I love how you described the harvest and the fall on the farm. And I feel like that could be a universal description of farming just in general, like the harvest part. You get to see all of your hard work falling into that bin or wherever it's going at the grain elevator. I think that's what you were, (laughs) at least for here. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) That's what where we take it or where people will take it if they don't direct sell the grain elevator. See, we can help each other out with the lingo. Yes, there you go. I love it. (laughs) So what are you doing on the farm that you find the most joy in? Oh, that's a loaded question, Caitlin. I would say that's where I would label myself as the, you know, the business side of me would say I am the executive assistant. I am the chief farmer driver. I am the chief food delivery person. I'll say I'm a farm wife and I'm proud of that. You know, at first I kind of hemmed and hawed at that a little bit. I would say, well, I mean, my husband is a gentleman farmer. He has an engineering degree and an MBA and 20 years of, you know, corporate America experience. And he just has this farming thing on the side. And it's funny because that's how I wanted to kind of identify him, which maybe identified me, you know, in a certain way. And now, like my husband is a 
farmer and he is an awesome farmer and I am a farm wife. And you know what? I am an awesome farm wife. I really am. <laughs> it's taken me a while to be able to say that with confidence, but that's such an important role. Every farmer needs a farm partner. I, and that's so if it's a farm wife, it could be a farm husband, it could be a farm just partner, or it could be a mother, it could be a grown child. But I, I really hope when the season is in, I am on. And, you know, also I'm working full-time in corporate America. I work remote, which is a huge blessing. My company was incredibly gracious to allow me to continue working for them. And I was able to work remote even before COVID. I would go into the city to our office in downtown Minneapolis once or twice a week pre-COVID. And I will be going back to that at some point. But I juggle a lot. I really do, especially during the busy season. I am up early and I'm not milking cows. I'm not, you know, gathering eggs. I live in town, by the way. I do not live on the farm. That was kind of part of our initial agreement, I'll say, to have a house where right on the edge of town. So I live in a subdivision, you know, with paved streets and everything. But I am driving my farmer before even my boys will even wake up. I'm out driving him to the farm or driving him out to one of the fields that are really within a, gosh, probably 10 to 15 mile radius of our farm or of our home, which is about a mile away from where the actual farm is, a farmhouse where the sheep barn is and whatnot. But yeah, my day really is a mix of being on call. I'm on call constantly. (laughs) And I will kind of just do whatever needs to be done. I've become an expert at tracking farmers. I can find the farmer when he calls me and I can track him down to the middle of a field. I got, you know, just on my phone, I can track his iPhone. So as long as he has his phone on him, I can find him and make sure that they are all fed, make sure that they are all transported. And I've learned very quickly the nuances of if you text the farmer, he will not text you back. And if you call and get his voicemail, don't even bother leaving a voicemail because he won't check them. So a lot of times my farmer will get multiple calls for me. But of course, I need to answer my phone immediately when called during the busy season. But yeah, my role is really multifunctional during the season. I just love what you said about you know, labeling yourself as this farm wife and having to basically work up the courage to be a farm wife and all of the things. And it makes me think of my interview with my dear friend, Billy J. Miller, all the way back. I think it was episode three of this podcast. And there's one thing that Billy said that really has stuck with me and resonated with me years after she said it, is that we get to define who we are and we get to define what our label is or what our title is and whether that's a farmer or a farm wife or a rancher or a ranch wife, whatever it is, this is the role that you have defined for yourself. These are the tasks and duties that you find that you take on full responsibility for and you should absolutely be proud of whatever title that is. Absolutely. I agree. So thank you for sharing that with us. I don't think we hear that enough because I feel like, especially in social media land of agriculture and specifically, I feel like women in agriculture really have a hard time with that and being just a farm wife or just a whatever. And like we chatted about this before we hit record. I hate that. I hate when people say, well, I'm just the farm wife or I'm just the XYZ. That just doesn't need to be there. You are an essential part of your operation, whether that's, you know, you are working in corporate America and this is part time for you or you are 
you know, on the farm full time learning what to do, but you don't know how to drive this piece of equipment or you can't, you know, pound in the fence post all by yourself. It doesn't matter. Like that stuff is just like whatever you learn and you go with it and you go with the flow. So that is great. Thank you for sharing that with us. So Colleen, I want to talk about the kind of the online side for you. So the the cappuccino and cornfield for you. What made you decide to start sharing your journey into agriculture online? It was really when we made the decision to move down here. Nobody in my personal or professional life was really involved in farming. And my experience in the first 10 years of our marriage was really minimal with the farm piece of it. My husband was, over the course of those 10 years of our marriage, the farm was his hobby. You know, the farm was his, maybe his escape. He didn't really hunt. He didn't really fish. He didn't really go snowmobiling. He didn't play a ton of golf. That was his thing with the farm. And he would do it on his own. I didn't really go down to the farm with him because there was really not much for me to do. And when we got married, we had started having children right away. And I had two babies. I didn't have the ability to go down to the farm really until closer to the time that we decided to make the transition to move to the farm. And so I think I had so many people that were very interested, surprisingly interested, maybe shocked a little bit (laughs) that we were going to move out of this great community that we were living in to this town that is far enough outside of the Twin Cities suburbs that not everyone had really heard of it. You know, I mean, it's a big town, but it's a self-sufficient town. We are different than the suburb where, you know, you're self-sufficient in your suburb, but you're maybe 30 minutes from downtown Minneapolis, but you're still in the suburbs. So everything is connected. Whereas there's a good 30 minute drive between the last suburb and our town where there's just, there's nothing except for cornfields. (laughs) So it's really its own self-sufficient community. And people were really interested in that. And people would say, oh, I want to come see you. I want to pet the sheep. Do you have cows? You know, there's this like vision of farm life that's so quaint. And I blame the gram for that Instagram, you know, it's like hashtag farmhouse. Well, that's not really a true farmhouse. I learned that the hard way too. But we have this vision, I think, of farm life and it's this pretty little, little vision. And in reality, as awesome as it is, it's not always so pretty and it can be pretty sticky. And so I just started to, I guess, document my stories and it was a way of me finding humor and joy in some of these sticky situations that I suddenly found myself in versus lamenting over perhaps, oh, it's Mother's Day. I should be, you know, sitting at a cute little restaurant for Mother's Day with flowers. And instead, you know, it's we're in the middle of the planting season. I mean, those days are long gone. So my Mother's Day now, middle of the planting season. So I have found that documenting and sharing these stories at first sort of was like a therapeutic thing. And now it's become a hobby. I mean, I just enjoy entertaining. And and I think people have enjoyed seeing this other side of me and seeing me also really accept and and in a way blossom in this new lifestyle. So it's been fun. That's great. Have you found that by sharing your story, you've been able to connect with other women in agriculture? Yes, 
incredibly. And I, part of it is, you know, just my interests have shifted. And so I search out other women in agriculture, but I also have to credit the Rural Woman Podcast, for example, or just any time that I can gain insight into what other women are doing. Because in agriculture, you know, it is more of a, of a male-based led industry. That's a fair statement. And there's so much that women have done and are doing in agriculture. And it's been really encouraging and really inspiring to be able to find different areas. And I find that in my own community. I had no clue that when you live in a community where the history is based on farming, not everybody in town or, or that lives in our community is a farmer, but everybody has been stuck behind the back of a tractor, you know, during the harvest season when they have to get to church and they're stuck behind this darn tractor. But everyone is calm. Most people are calm. And it's just part of the deal, right? So whether you grew up on arm, whether you know someone, you have a neighbor that's a farmer, or you just pass by the farmer, you know, that's harvesting at 11 o'clock at night in the middle of the busy season, people in my community have a different level of respect and understanding of farming and agriculture than I ever experienced prior. And so that's also been a really... I don't know, kind of therapeutic and also very humbling, but also very empowering thing that I noticed over the last couple of years that we've been here. And that's helped a lot too. That's awesome. Well, and building these connections and building a community, whether that's in your direct community or on the World Wide Web, it's always great to know that you're not alone in agriculture and in this farm thing, because it can be rather isolating at times. Oh, absolutely. So I want to ask you, what are some things or something like major that you wish you knew before you became a farm wife? Well, I think I wish that I knew the value of living a little bit of a, dare I say, simpler life. I don't know that simple is really the right word for it. I think, you know, the simple life has really come to the forefront of conversation through the last year or so with COVID. And I wish that I had known the beauty and the peace that one can feel when things maybe aren't so, you know, easily accessible, for example. You know, I think especially raising kids, it's just everything is easily accessible. If I needed a, I don't know, thing of toilet paper, I would just go to Target, right? I had three targets within a five mile radius up in Minneapolis. <laughs> and now the nearest target is 30 minutes away. And yes, of course, I have lots of stores and places I can go, but it's just different. It's, it takes time. And when I first moved down here, that stressed me out, which is ridiculous. And instead, you just make your list. You have Amazon, good old Amazon deliver it, or you just take your time. And every Sunday, maybe you go up and try to do your shopping. But just having that simpler, calmer, sort of the value of that is so important. And I've seen that a lot with my boys. You know, they have literally helped put a garden together, you know, shoveling sheep manure into this garden plot, planting a seed, dealing with the weeds, watering it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get your first pumpkin off the pumpkin patch. And to take that pumpkin and then, you know, roast it 
and seed it and then puree the pulp and then bake it and just the whole process. Sure, we could go to a, a little local bakery and there's wonderful bakeries and, you know, have a lovely little pumpkin thing of pumpkin bread. But when those kids take that first bite of pumpkin bread and they start talking about the fact that they were taking wheelbarrows of sheet manure and, you know, dumping it into the garden to help make that pumpkin grow. That is so rewarding to me. And I, I kind of wish that I had known that in a sense as a kid, maybe more so, and just had that appreciation for things. So I love that my two boys are having that and learning just hard work, patience, just those old school characteristics that are so easy to kind of forget in this day and age. They're learning that. I love that. Those are such great experiences for children to have. And even a great experience for an adult to have. Like I know for me, I had my first, I'll say successful garden in the year 2020, where I actually ate things from the garden. And those were things that, you know, I didn't really get exposed to on a level like I have here on the farm. And so whether you're a kid or a big kid, I think these experiences of being able to produce food to feed yourself and whether that's, you know, a garden or that's corn field or if that's meat in your freezer, whatever it is, like I think that it is just like an overall really great experience that I feel like people who were born and raised in agriculture maybe take for granted that this is something that people from outside of agriculture don't get to experience or have never experienced in their life. Yeah, I agree. So obviously, you got brought into agriculture a little bit differently than I did. I married into it knowing that I was marrying a farmer. You married an engineer and then became a farmer. So, but one thing I know that I certainly did before I got married and something that was interesting to me, I know from talking to other women who marry into agriculture, it's something that they do as well. They want to know what to expect when they become a farm wife or when they become a part or a partner of the farm. And it's something that I know I Google searched forever and ever, like what to expect when you're a farm wife and all of these things and looking for words of wisdom and advice. Right now, I want you to give the listeners who may be listening coming into this or even the veteran farm wives out there that need the bit of motivation and courage sometimes. What are some words of wisdom and advice that you would give to any farm wife out there? Well, I think, like I've said before, finding humor perhaps in some of the things that we as farm wives get ourselves involved in. And also just realizing that there are so many people, and I've experienced firsthand, that would view our lives as their dream, right? I mean, I, people that I don't even know that will send me a message after seeing a post or something on my blog and they'll say, we're living my dream. Oh, I love the idea of, you know, being able to help birth a lamb. I mean, what an incredible experience. And of course, part of me says, yeah, it was gross and the the lamb died or, you know, (laughs) whatever, but it's such a beautiful experience. I also think finding beauty in things that aren't necessarily beautiful by the world standards or by the Graham's standards. That's something else that I would encourage anyone in my situation to do. I mean, just the beauty of the change of the seasons, like I mentioned before, is incredible. Or 
the beauty of watching the birth of a farm animal. I mean, it's me there or the original farmer. My father-in-law maybe will be there. But these animals, they give birth and they instinctually immediately are able to care, well, sometimes care for the baby. And, you know, it's such an incredible thing. And you have to find beauty in that. And you have to see the good in that and not be, you know, taken aback by the kind of the craziness or the dirtiness for, you know, for example, of a farm or something like that. And that's something also that, you know, with kids, I have a lot of mom friends that will say, oh, I'm going to ship my kid down to you, you know, take them out and have them pick rock or something and, you know, put some hard work into them. And I would also say to anyone in my situation, the beauty of having children in a farm setting, those are life lessons that those kids will never, ever forget. And you can't teach that in a school. You can't really get that necessarily out of, you know, a book or something. There's a level of, I think, independence that a lot of these farm kids are able to get. And it's really such an incredible characteristic that they can carry with them throughout their life. And that's something else that's just invaluable. For sure. Colleen, your answers to all of my questions have really highlighted the rewarding parts of being a farmer and a farm wife and all of the things. So my final question for you is what is the most rewarding part about being a farm wife for you that maybe you haven't mentioned? <laughs> mm-hmm. Ah, gosh, the rewarding. I mean, I think if I would have been in this situation in my early 30s, for example, I'm in my mid 40s. So I think just the time in my life right now, I've experienced, I've traveled, I've been in different business situations where I feel like I've been able to kind of have this career that I thought I wanted when I was in my early 20s and I thought I could conquer the world. And I've been able to have a family and just be able to kind of have a real mix of experiences. And I used to really kind of size the farm, I'll admit. You know, it took my husband away, especially when we were up in the cities living. And he'd be gone, especially as we got closer to the time that we ended up moving. He was taking on more of a leadership role in the farming business for so many different reasons. And I started to really resent it. And that was a real challenge. And it was a challenge in our relationship a little bit. And I was having a hard time kind of identifying like, you know, where do we go from here? I just didn't feel really settled because I felt like he was being drawn and rightly so from a, just a a responsibility standpoint to the farm. And I was doing everything I could to keep myself sort of in this my comfort zone of this urban life or that I thought that I wanted or I thought defined me. And it really took, it took some time. It took a pandemic. It took a big move. You know, it took a change in our address, in our careers, in our day-to-day life to really shift my viewpoint on the value of farming and agriculture. I mean, I work, uh, you know, in a corporate setting where pandemic hits, people can't go into the office and work. That affects things big time. I saw, you know, a lot of people that struggled with just their jobs or with situations that with COVID. And the interesting thing I noticed was that, thankfully, my husband didn't skip a beat. 
I mean, he was out doing the plant. Farmers are naturally uh, social distanced, right? So he was just out doing his normal thing. I really appreciated the stability that that brought to our family during this hard, uncertain time. And so that was also a real sort of a changing point, I think, for me, and just really having a different viewpoint and just appreciating the simplicity of my life. And I'm just, I'm so grateful. And it's just a mix of a lot of things, obviously. I mean, not every situation is maybe as nice sounding as perhaps this one might be funny sounding. I mean, farming is not easy. You know, we had a we had a tragedy. My we had an uncle that passed away in a farming accident in 2019. That really was a horrible experience. But it also brought the family close together, and it really kind of put into perspective what's really important in life. And kind of I don't know, just the beauty of agriculture and farming, and passing that down generation to generation. Also, I think is something that it's hard to find in other industries. So I'm really grateful for that too. Absolutely. Colleen, you have shared your story with us today so beautifully and have woven in your elements of humor and acceptance and joy and all of the things here today. So I just want to say thank you so much for for sharing your story. I know I can sit here and personally relate to a lot of it. And I know a lot of my listeners can also relate to you. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for having me, Caitlin. It's been fun to talk to you. For my listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online? Yeah. So the good old gram is usually where I document a lot of the sticky situations I get myself into. So you can find me at uh, Cappuccino and Cornfields on the gram. And then my blog is linked to that as well. So Perfect. And I will link that in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. Great. Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> Thank you again so much for sharing your story on the Rural Woman podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producer, Sarah Reedner of Happiness by the Acre, and to my editor, Max Hofer. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can connect with me on social media using the handle at wildrosefarmer on all platforms. If you love the show, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, plus share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.